We are here on Pentecost Sunday, so we're going to be Pentecostal today, all right? All right. I, I don't know what uh, your background is or what that could mean. Uh, to some people, it could mean, uh, you know, handling snakes or uh, running around the building or... Uh, but it, uh, it really does. It means, um, you know, that the, the Pentecost, 50 days after Passover, as Pastor Chris said, that it's the day that... Um, that the Holy Spirit was poured out, the church was birthed, the New Testament church was birthed, and, uh, and there were great manifestations that had taken place. I, I, you know, as a Spirit-filled church, I really do. I think that we need to, to give more attention to the things of the Spirit. I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful. I, I don't know how people make it without the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I'm thankful for all of the gifts. As a church, we embrace everything that the Holy Spirit does. We embrace people, the, uh, the, the gifts of prophecy, of tongues, of interpretation, of words, of knowledge. If you weren't here last Sunday, um, you missed it. There was a great prophetic word of knowledge that came forth about people dealing with um, just, just, just having some struggles with fear about cancer. Uh, a presence for miracles to take place, people to be healed from cancer, and uh, and that's how the gifts operate. And so we welcome, uh, we welcome the gifts of the Holy Spirit to walk, uh, to fall and to flow in our lives personally and in the body of Christ. Amen. And that's a great time to give the Lord a hand, give Him a clap. Okay, to this morning. So in the Old Testament, Pentecost was a feast. They celebrate the, the first fruits of things being, uh, being, you know, the harvest coming forth. In the New Testament, it was the birth of the church. As a matter of fact, Acts chapter 2 puts it like this. It says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Now again, a whole other sermon, but I would say that unity... Unity, I think, precedes the working, the demonstration of the Holy Spirit. And I'm thankful, I'm thankful to be a church that walks and lives in the unity of the love of Jesus Christ and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Amen? You thankful for that? So, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire and sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So the Holy Spirit falls on the disciples, people from all over the, all kinds of nations are gathered in Jerusalem. And they hear the disciples speaking in an unknown tongue to them, but they knew it. They, these people from different countries heard the disciples speaking in their language, and they heard them praising God. They heard them glorifying God. They heard them being witnesses of Jesus Christ, of the great work that he had done. So Pentecost is that day when the Holy Spirit was poured out on the, the, the disciples to help them continue and to the work of the kingdom of God, the work that Jesus Christ had begun. How many people know that's our purpose today? Amen. To continue the work of Jesus Christ, to continue to build the kingdom of God. And if the disciples needed it back then, if they needed the fullness of the Holy Spirit, how many people know we need the fullness of the Holy Spirit today? Each and every one of us. Jesus uh, commanded this. He said, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you should be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. In the uttermost parts of the earth. If we're going to fulfill that, folks, I just believe that we've got to be more dependent than ever on the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 
verses, or chapters 12 through 14 talk about uh, the, of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit and how the Holy Spirit works. But in verse, the very first thing uh, the Paul the Apostle writes in verse 1, he says, Now concerning spiritual things, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. The Holy Spirit, God does not want us to be ignorant about the things of the Holy Spirit. And if you look at the word ignorant, you'll notice that one of the, the root part of the word ignorant is to ignore. And so we, as the people of God, cannot afford to ignore the Holy Spirit. Amen? We welcome the Holy Spirit. We're going to give more attention to the Holy Spirit, more attention to, uh, to the works of the Spirit of God in our lives, in our body, through us to reach a world for Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. So let's talk about just to kind of lay the foundation with a couple of truths about the Holy Spirit. First of all, the term Holy Spirit and Holy Ghost mean exactly the same thing. All right. Sometimes we get caught up in this Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit, and just how language changes through the years. The, the word ghost there is kind of an older terminology. They both mean exactly the same thing. In the Old Testament, it's the word ruach, which means spirit. In the New Testament, it's the word pneuma. Same thing, means Holy Spirit. And so today, most translations use the word spirit. But if you see the word Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit, you see somebody talking about the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, talking about exactly the same thing. Secondly, let me just ask a question. What's the Holy Spirit's name? What's the Holy Spirit's name? Well, somebody says, well, that sounds kind of redundant. His name is Holy Spirit, right? Well, no, that's not his name. The Holy Spirit, that describes his function, but do you know what his name is? His name is God. We want to, I want us to catch this, catch the impartation of this today, that, that just like God the Father, God the Son, is God the Holy Spirit. So God, okay, how the Holy Spirit is God. Well, if he's God, then where does he live? Well, if he's God, we know that God is infinite and God is everywhere. There's, he's omnipresent. There's no place that we can go and we're not in his, that we can't connect with God. But can I say, because he loves us so very much, the scripture tells us that um, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, it says, do you not know that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Just turn to the person sitting beside you. Say, he's talking about you. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit, and the Spirit of God dwells in you. Man, isn't that amazing to think that Almighty God, the heavens and the earth can't contain him, but he chooses to dwell in us today. Ephesians chapter 2 says, In whom the whole building, being fitted together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom also you are being built together for a dwelling place of the, of the Spirit of God. So individually, the Holy Spirit lives in us. He dwells in us. And then when we come together, the Holy Spirit dwells. He builds a temple. He builds a place, a special place. So you bring the Holy Spirit, and you bring the Holy Spirit, and I bring the Holy Spirit. And then as we've sang today, we give room for the Holy Spirit to come and to do a special work in us individually and in us as a church, as the body of Christ. So then what does the Holy Spirit do? Well, we could speak on this for, for just years and years and years. But let's just touch a couple of things. One thing the Holy Spirit does is he draws us to God. The Holy Spirit's kind of always nudging us towards God. Before we even come to Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit's nudging us. He's directing our path. He's, he's putting things in our heart and our mind that move us towards God. As, as sons and daughters of God, the Holy Spirit's always moving us towards God. 
Second thing the Holy Spirit does is he baptizes us into the body of Christ at salvation. So when we get saved, it's not just a a lone ranger. Me and the good Lord have a relationship. When you get saved, when you accept Jesus Christ as the the Lord of your life and the one who who forgives your sins and gives you a new life, then the Holy Spirit baptizes you. The Holy Spirit immediately makes you a member of the body of Christ, of his big C global church, of the church, of the family of God. The Holy Spirit also convinces us of righteousness. He gives us a new identity. He he reminds us that old things have passed away. We're not what we used to be. Some of you should be shouting hallelujah right now, right? Aren't you thankful to not be what you used to be? (laughs) I mean, thank you, God. The Holy Spirit just comes and he reminds us that we're a new person in Jesus Christ. And then the Holy Spirit comes to cultivate in us the fruit of the Spirit, The Holy Spirit doesn't make us fruity, right? He produces fruit in our life of love, joy, peace, patience, and all of the other fruit of the Spirit. If you want to know more about the fruit of the Spirit or hear any of the messages that have been preached, and you can just go back to our website. But last summer, we did a series about cultivating the fruit of the Spirit, cultivating the character of Jesus Christ. And then as the character of Christ is developed in us, the Holy Spirit also gives gifts to each and every person. Listen, what 1 Corinthians chapter 12 says. It says, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. The Holy Spirit releases gifts into each individual person. You are sitting beside a gifted person. (laughs) They have gifts, those gifts that are in you, those gifts that are in the people beside you, they're given to benefit each and every one of us. So so it's a wonderful thing that words of knowledge and prophecy and healing and miracles and tongues and interpretation, all of those things flow individually in people so that the whole body of Christ can be built up. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are a wonderful thing. They're wonderful things. Amen? Everybody agree with that, right? But I want to make sure we don't miss this. The Holy Spirit gives gifts when we receive him, but really he is the gift. The Holy Spirit is the gift. Acts chapter 2, Peter says this. He says, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of our sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is an amazing gift that Jesus promised and sent to us to to fill our lives. And the great thing is, this wasn't just limited to the disciples, to the people back on the original day of Pentecost. The scripture goes on and says, for this promise is to you and to your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. That's every man, every woman, every person here today. Every person has an open invitation to allow the Holy Spirit to come walk and live in them and then live through them. One of the greatest things, and we could, we could spend forever talking about the gifts of the Spirit, the nature and character of the Holy Spirit, the works of the Holy Spirit. But I think one of the greatest things that the Holy Spirit does is he brings comfort to his people. He is a comforter. John chapter 14 says this, Jesus speaking here as he's getting ready to ascend into heaven, he says, and I will pray the Father 
and he will give you another helper, a comforter, that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world can't receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and he shall be in you. He dwells with you and he shall be in you. The Holy Spirit dwells in God's people, in you. The scripture goes on, he says, and I will not leave you orphans, I will come to you. So Jesus says, hey, listen, I can only be at one place at one time, but the Holy Spirit, he can come and be in each and every one of us at the very same time. He can come and make his presence, make the presence of Jesus known in each and every one of our lives. John, uh, John 14, 26 says, but the helper, the comforter, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all the things that I have said to you. We see the comforting work of the Holy Spirit beginning at the command of Jesus to, to work in us and to work for us and through us. John 15, it goes on, it says, um, he says that he will proceed from the Father and he will testify of me. See, the Holy Spirit is always going to lead us, is always going to help us to grow and mature and be nurtured in who Jesus Christ is. I love this word, this word comforter, this word helper that we've been reading. It's, it's the word paraclete in the Greek. And what it really means is when it says comforter, how many people when you hear the word comforter, think about um, grandma's old quilt. Did anybody ever have a quilt from grandma, you know, or, or a favorite bedspread or something that you just like to, to snuggle up with? All right, let's admit it. How many people own a Snuggie? All right. Oh, come on. I can't be the only. Okay. Snug, how many, any Snuggie lovers in the house, right? Man, I love my Snuggie on a cold day, stick my arms in that thing and bundle up. Man, I, for years, I used to, all the comfort of the Holy Spirit, he's just one who kind of wraps you up and, you know, makes you feel good and, you know, kisses your, your boo-boo and all that kind of stuff. But can I tell you that the Holy Spirit is much more, he's much, much more than that. You see, this word here, it really means someone who, who's an advocate for our behalf, someone who's a helper, someone who lends a hand. A picture that I've shared many times is, is this picture of someone carrying a big burden and a load on their life. Anybody ever had a burden on, anybody ever been under the weight of stuff in life? And the comforter, the paraclete comes alongside and he dips his shoulder and lifts the weight off of our life so we can stand, so we can be refreshed, and so we can lift our head and, and restore our hope. That's the work of the comforter of the Holy Spirit. That's what he does. And that's why, as the Holy Spirit was working in the early church, that this testimony could be said about the early church. In Acts, 9, in verse, Acts chapter 9, verse 31, it says, Then the churches throughout all of Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and were edified. Man, they were walking in unity. They were walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. They were being built up and strengthened, edified. And it says, And they were walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. They were multiplied. They were multiplied. You know, God's purpose for the church is always that there's a multiplication process going on, that we're always making disciples, winning people to Jesus. Man, and that's what they were doing, walking in the fear of the Lord. You know, I think sometimes we get a little freaked out about this fear of the Lord thing. Listen, the fear of the Lord is unlike any other fear, and it dispels every other fear. Amen? It's a sense of awe. It's a sense of love and worship that just overwhelms us. 
It makes every other fear leave. And it says, and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. Well, if that's what caused life and growth in the New Testament church, maybe that's what we need in our church and in our lives today. Amen? So let's look at a couple of ways that the Holy Spirit brings comfort or is a comfort in our life. Number one, the first way the Holy Spirit brings comfort into our lives is that the Holy Spirit comforts us in our sin. The Holy Spirit comforts us in our sin. Now, when I first sensed the Holy Spirit saying this to me, I was like, that doesn't sound right. (laughs) The Holy Spirit is supposed to make us feel bad in our sin, right? But you know, the Holy Spirit doesn't comfort us in our sin by covering our sin or by hiding our sin. The Holy Spirit comforts us in our sin by exposing our sin. You see, because sin, listen to this, sin's not your friend, okay? The Holy Spirit knows that, that, oh, just to pretend that it's not a sin, to pretend that it doesn't exist, isn't going to help you. It's going to hurt you. It's going it's to cause things to operate and to happen in your life that are going to bring illness, that are going to bring sickness, that are going to bring separation from God, that are going to bring loss of joy and loss of peace, and, and on and on and on. The Holy Spirit says, I love you too much. I'll let you continue in your sin, so I'm going to point your sin out to you. See, every sin, every sin that we, that we ever commit, I, I, the Holy Spirit doesn't take sin lightly. Every sin is a sin worthy of death. And I know that doesn't play well in our, in our world today and being politically correct and all that. But can I tell you that every sin is such an offense against a holy and righteous God that it is worthy of death. But God says through the Holy Spirit, listen, I'm not going to let you come to the place where you die, where you have to suffer for your sin because Jesus has already done it for you. And so I'm going to expose that sin and I'm going to remind you to get that sin out of your life. You see, he convicts us of sin so he can cure us of sin by the finished work of Jesus on the cross. Amen. John 16 puts it like this, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage to go away, for if I do not go, the helper, the comforter, will not come. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Folks, we've become uh, people who have become so sensitive about anybody saying anything to us, about anybody asking something and being invasive in our lives, but can I tell you that what's happened is we've become insensitive to sin. I heard somebody say the other day, people have forgot how to blush. We forgot how to, to be embarrassed about things that we do. And so I, I want to remind us this morning, I want to remind us that, 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 that the Holy Spirit loves us enough to expose sin in our lives. So, so I, I was in uh, Delaware a couple weeks ago and um, caught up with a friend of mine. His name's Mark, uh, Mark Allen. And uh, Danny Tice led me to the Lord. Mark and Danny and I used to run around. And, and so uh, Mark is in the construction business. He owns a construction company that works on building docks and piers. And, and he was telling me the story about how a few years ago he was um, putting in a new dock, but to put the new dock in, he had to take the old pillars, the old piers out. And so he said he had this big eight-foot crowbar and he was jabbing it down into the muck and kind of prying this, um, prying this pier, uh, this, this piling out of the ground. And he said he had done it a few times and all of a sudden he did it again. And he said that's the last thing he remembered until he, was, he saw himself kind of floating and they were pulling him out of the water. 
And as he was coming to, he said he, um, he realized that he had been electrocuted. He, um, and so he said, just as his eyes were clearing up enough, he saw a man that was going to reach for that crowbar. And all of a sudden, he said, with all of his strength, waking from this knocked out state, he yelled, don't touch the crowbar. Now, that man could have said, well, who are you to tell me what to do? Why don't you mind your own business? Why, why, why don't you stay out of my life? If you don't know how to handle things, I know how to handle it. Maybe you couldn't handle it, but I could handle it. What that guy didn't know is that crowbar had stuck in the middle of a 220-volt power line. And so when Mark was shouting at him, it wasn't because he hated him. It wasn't because he was intolerant. It wasn't because he was judging him. It was because he cared. He didn't want to see somebody else get knocked out. Can I go so far as to say today, I know I'm going to tread on a little thin ice here, all right? But when pastors or friends or even parents or the Holy Spirit point something out in your life and, or maybe ask a question about an action or an attitude or a behavior or, or something that might even represent sin or be sin in our lives, can I say that, 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 that maybe just for a moment, we don't need to get all you know, worked up into a fluster, but maybe stop and realize that our defensiveness isn't going to help anything, and maybe we can step back and say, God, thank you that somebody cares enough for me that they would ask, that they would point something out in my life. Maybe, maybe we should stop when the Holy Spirit... Does anybody ever get convicted? Does everybody get convicted? I get convicted. I had to come to Yvette the other night and apologize about something. I, I, could, I admit, I had been I had being, being deceitful. Uh, as some of you know, Yvette and I had... Um, have been on, have been on um, you know, trying to lose some weight, and so uh, I, I felt like, man, I've done really pretty good. And then, um, and then she, the the woman you gave me, Lord, she's the one that did it. She brought ice cream into the house. <laughs> she brought ice cream into the house. Let's all pray, God, right now. Uh, no. <laughs> and so, but here's what was happening. So, you know, I've been watching the ball games. I've been watching. Uh, the Raptors go for a victory in the name of Jesus. Come on now, okay? Uh, basketball players here. But, so, and, but what had happened, I'd been going in there and being really quiet and getting the ice cream out, okay? And eating some ice cream and putting it back in the right place. Well, she's, she, if I want to eat ice cream, she's not going to care if I eat ice cream. But you know what the Holy Spirit exposed to me? Why are you being deceptive about it? Why are you trying to hide it and pretend like you're not doing it? Okay? Because ultimately, it's going to show. Like when she, <laughs> in more than one way, right? <laughs> it showed in a different way. She went to get ice cream for the grandkids and it was like, oh, this place, there's been a rapture of half of this bucket of ice cream. I don't know what happened. So. But hey, hey, let's be thankful. Let's be thankful that the Holy Spirit, so we're not being judges. The Bible says this, it says in Proverbs 27, 6 from the Living Bible, one of my favorite verses. Wounds from a friend are better than kisses from an enemy. Folks, let me tell you this again. Sin's not your friend. Man, do you have a friend? Do you have somebody that'll, that'll confront you in your stuff? I, I pray that you do. I pray that you do. Second thing the Holy Spirit does. Ready? Let's move quickly. Holy Spirit comforts us in our sorrow. Isaiah 66 says, as one 
whom his mother comforts, so I will comfort you. I know the world wants to paint God as some mean, angry, vicious God that's looking to stone and kill people and throw lightning bolts from heaven and, and swallow people up, and God gets blamed from all the disasters. But can I tell you, that's not who God is. That's not the God of the Bible. That's not the God of our lives. Scripture here points, God is a God of comfort. God wants his people to do well. He wants good things for people. The truth of the matter is we're all going to have things that happen that bring sorrow in our lives. There are going to be things that deeply impact our lives. And, and, and there are going to be things that, that happen that are so devastating in our lives that the truth of the matter is that here on this earth <laughs> will never be the same. Life will never be the same. Maybe, maybe you have experienced a, a death, or a disaster, a, some kind of a disappointment in life that twisted. I met with a man a couple of weeks ago, and he said, my dream was always to do this, but then this happened in my life, and I'll never be able to fulfill my dream. And, and things happen, guys. I mean, how many people know that stuff happens? Stuff, just tragic things happened. And even as spirit-filled followers of Jesus Christ, disciples, we're not exempt from these things taking place in our lives. Can I tell you that at the moment that tragic things happen, though, that two beings begin to take action. The, the first is the devil, the demonic realm, begins to get active. Something tragic happens. You know what the enemy wants to do? He wants to step into that tragic situation, and he wants to not only begin to identify or interpret the situation, he wants to be able to label you and tell you. So something bad happens. You, you make a wrong mistake. Anybody ever made a mistake? Anybody ever made a bad choice? How many people need to put both hands up on that, right? Yeah, man, we've been there, right? We've been there. We've done that. And the enemy wants to come in and say, look, you didn't just make a mistake. You are a mistake. You, you didn't just do a bad thing. You are a bad thing. So, so the enemy comes in and tries to define things. And, but hallelujah, at the same moment the tragedy happens, devastation happens, something bad happens in our life, God doesn't sit silently by on the sidelines. God jumps into action as well. And the Holy Spirit begins to come to us and strengthen us. He begins to wrap his arms around us and say, son, that's not who you are. It may be what you did, but it is not who you are. It does not define your future. It may be where you were, but it's not where you're going. Amen? Man, I believe that today. I believe somebody needs to hear that today. You need to get that. You need to catch that today. No matter what your past has been, no matter how much you've blown it, no matter how deep you've gone into sin, into degradation, and whatever lifestyle you lived, I'm telling you today, that by the word of God and by the power of the Holy Spirit, it does not determine who you will be in Jesus Christ. It does not determine it. So the Holy Spirit comes and he, he comforts us and he gives us hope. And, and folks, I really, I honestly, I cannot explain how this works. I, I wish I could tell you A, B, and C. Just a couple of weeks ago, within the last couple of weeks, we have a, a beautiful, wonderful lady here in our church and a couple of weeks ago, her brother tragically died and, and, and just in a very tragic situation. And, and, and the family was devastated. And, but can, and I'm not trying to be flattering here, but can I tell you that I went to the funeral, to the graveside funeral the other day, and, and I, I bent down to, to, to speak with this lady and I just to, to tell her, hey, the church is praying for you and, and I've been praying for you. 
And as I went to hug her, this mom sitting there in front of her, of her son's casket with tears running down her eyes and then her cheeks, I just, man, she, she looked up and she said, Pastor Sam, and, and I really didn't know what was coming. I didn't, it, I mean, it would have been perfectly appropriate for a why or how come. Or, listen to the word. She said, Pastor Sam, God is so good. God is, man, I, I don't know how that happens. I don't know where that comes from. Except for the presence, the comforting, strengthening presence of the Holy Spirit. To see this family walk through this tragedy, it's been an amazing thing. To see churches around the world, the global church, suffer persecution. To see people that are losing their lives and in the midst of losing their lives and being threatened to the point where you have to have a military or a police escort into the church to worship, that the people go in and they rejoice that God is a great God. I don't know how it happens, guys, but I'm so thankful that it happens. I'm so thankful that the Holy Spirit cares. Have you ever experienced it? Man, I've experienced it so many times through the years. I remember years ago when um, my brother passed away and and so Yvette and I got the news and get in the car and we're leaving Tennessee to drive to Delaware. And as we're driving down the highway, there, there was this conflicting, uh, just this emotion of, of weeping. How could he have died? He's only 20 years old. And, 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 and the grief and the suffering of mom and dad and, and, and God, I don't understand how all that works. And, and then at the same moment, just a sense of rejoicing and a sense of, of just the presence of God because the night before, I had talked to him on the phone and he had said, he said, hey, Sam, listen. He actually said, hey, Sam, hey, listen, I know I've, I've kind of played around with Jesus and I've been in and out, but this time I'm going 100% for Jesus. And so I think of, yeah, give the Lord praise for that. So how is it? How is it that the Holy Spirit can come in and can comfort us in our sorrow and cause us to rejoice in his presence? I'm just telling you, folks, the Holy Spirit will comfort you in your sorrow. Sometimes with a word, sometimes with a song, sometimes a friend comes and puts their arm around you. The Holy Spirit will comfort you in your sorrow. The third thing, the Holy Spirit comforts us in our struggles. Whether it's a struggle for faith or a struggle of relationship. I mean, again, within the last two weeks, I get a phone call and a lady says, Pastor Sam, I don't know what to do. My husband just walked out. He just walked out. Left me with the kids and he's gone. And she says, all I know is that I know God's with me and I know things are going to be all right. I tell you, God will comfort us during our struggles. Maybe it's a struggle with an addiction. Maybe, you, maybe you've fought and fought and fought, and sometimes you fail and sometimes you win, but it's been, a, it's been an alcohol addiction or a drug addiction or a pornography addiction or you've been addicted to food or, or whatever the addiction is. Can I tell you today that the Holy Spirit is here to come and to comfort you and to strengthen you and to give you victory in that situation? One, one other thing that I just, I've kept having this prompting of the Holy Spirit about, that if you're in a financial struggle today, 
I want you to know that sometimes when we're struggling financially and, man, it's all not balancing, it's all not working out, then it's so easy for us to say, man, I should be able to handle this. I'm an adult. I should be able to make, you know, $1 plus $1 equal $2, but it's just not working out. And sometimes it's easy for us to believe that everything's going to fall apart, everything's going to fail, everything is going to become a disaster. But can I tell you, I believe today that the Holy Spirit can come in and can give you an assurance that Jehovah Jireh is still the great provider, that the Holy Spirit hasn't forgot about you, he hasn't left you, he hasn't taken his eyes off you, he hasn't forgot about your situation, and your problem isn't the one problem that's too big for him to fix. Amen? I love it. There's a scripture and Joel says, let the weak say, I am strong. Come on, let's all say it. I am strong. Come on, let's say, I am strong. I'm strong in the Holy Spirit. I'm strong in the comfort of God. I'm strong in his presence. Second Corinthians, Paul, the apostle was dealing with affliction and, and the spirit of God said to him, hey, listen, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. If you feel weak, if you feel worn down, run down, hopeless, just given up and ready to, get, you know, get, you're about to give out today, can I tell you, you're at a great place because the comforting, powerful presence of the Holy Spirit will come in and he will make you strong today. He will make you strong. Amen? Amen. So, sorrow and struggle. Let's, let's get this, guys. It doesn't make us a victim Okay? When we're going through these issues, these situations, all of a sudden, our only option is not to go, woe is me, I'm a victim, I'm uh, uh, no hope. Your only option, and please let me, let me see everybody's eyes here. Your only option is life is not just despondency, discouragement, depression, hopelessness. I don't understand all that's going on in our world. I don't understand why, why suicide is epidemic in our world today. I don't understand how that, that it, we hear about it so often that we can hear about it on the news we can, and all of a sudden we don't get moved by it. I'm here telling you today, that's not where you have to live. You can welcome the comforting, powerful presence of the Holy Spirit to come in and to assure you and to give you strength today. So what do we want you to know? I want you to know this. I want you to know that God will comfort you. I want you to know that God will come to you. The Holy Spirit will come to you right where you're at today and work in you, work powerfully in you so that you can comfort others. Second Corinthians chapter one says, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of mercies and the God of all comforts us, comfort who comforts us in all of our tribulation that we may be able to comfort those who are in trouble. If we ain't got it, we can't give it, right? Can I tell you, you can walk out of this place today knowing that the comfort of the Holy Spirit is yours and ready, ready to minister to others. Second thing, what do we want you to feel? I want you to feel complete, complete in the Holy Spirit. Second Corinthians chapter 13 says, finally, brethren, Paul finishing up his writing to the Corinthian church, says, finally, brethren, farewell. Be complete. Be of good comfort. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace, the God of love and peace, he will be with you. He will be with you. I believe today that there's, I believe one of the greatest ways that we can touch a hurting world today 
is to let the comforting, assuring presence of the Holy Spirit work in us and through us to touch people's lives. Amen? I mean that today. I mean, I believe that there's people, there are people right here. Listen, there are people right here that came in this morning, devastated. They've came in, they've struggled all week long. They've been working in difficult situations. But today the Holy Spirit wants to come. He wants to minister in you. He wants to pour his presence in you. If you haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit wants to baptize you today. He wants to fill you with his presence today so that in that fullness, you can go out and you can minister to others. Amen?